Thank you for joining us online at Hauser Community Church. Directly after the message, we'll tell you how to contact us if you have any questions. Now let's join the speaker as he begins his sermon. 18 years ago, uh, my wife and I brought our family first time to come to Hauser. Four little kids. And now the oldest one is married. The second, third, almost done with college. And the third one is studying at Colburn University, your neighbors. And she will be graduating in December. And part of the reason we came here is because she has a boyfriend. <laughs> we need to check him out. <laughs> uh, he's a neat guy. We are very, very thankful. Psalm 119 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your faithfulness continues throughout all generations. You establish the earth and it stands, and they stand according to your ordinances. All things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. This is the backdrop. This is the verse that's true from Psalm 119. I want you to keep that in your mind. I won't talk about a lot, but it will be the backdrop of my message today. Last Sunday, we were visiting a church in Salem, the first time to visit there, and a good friend, a Chinese pastor from Eugene, introduced me. And he said, I know Luke for a long time. I want to introduce him with three Ps. Okay, I've never heard of those Ps, so tell me more. And the first P he said was prayer. And I was very humbled. And to be honest, I have a long, long way to go. And the second P he said was Psalms. Psalms. And the third P is photography. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was missing one P. The last P for me is ping pong. <laughs> uh, so I will talk about one of the P's. And uh, it's the second P, Psalms. Many years ago, I immigrated from Hong Kong as a young boy and to Portland. And by the grace of God, my cousin introduced me. The first thing he said to me when we arrived, my sister and I arrived in Portland, he said, let's go to church. And there we started going to a Chinese church in Portland. And from then on, I finished high school, went to Portland State, but didn't really like it. But in the meantime, the Lord was doing something in my heart, so I decided to study Bible. So all of you knew that in Portland, that's a very well-known Bible school, Multnomah Bible College. But as a good Chinese, we have a saying, local ginger is not spicy enough. So I went to Chicago. <laughs> I went to Moody Bible Institute, and there I met my wife. And she came to Germany also to study the Bible. 
And then later on, we got married, and we moved back to Portland and got married, and uh, everything seemed to be doing well along the way, and we were, I was attending seminary, doing my graduate study in English, and someday hoped to serve overseas. But somewhere along the way, there's a kind of undercurrent, sins, impurity, darkness, that kind of permeated my heart. And for many years, I didn't know how to deal with it in secrecy, in isolation, and I was lost. And just like cancer in my soul. And uh, I was so thankful in my home church, there's a brother, Jim. He had a men's retreat just for men. In that retreat, I learned a lot more about myself and about my struggles. And after the retreat, Jim was saying, let's start a men's group. Let's come together and pray together and that we may together deal with those difficult issues. I was in that men's group for three years and the Lord really brought a lot of healings in my life. I began to realize that my personal struggle is not just about myself. Man, I want to encourage you. I want to take a pause. If you are struggling with those issues, you know what I'm talking about. Don't deal with it alone. Find some brothers. Together, pray. Together, be honest about your struggles and deal with it. And the scripture said, come together, pray together, and be honest together, and you will be healed. And I was experiencing God's mighty, powerful grace upon my life. I began to really start to really turn my life to the Lord. And I started reading the scripture as I have never read before. And before attending Bible school and seminary was really like knowledge, knowledge. I want to know, I want to know. But somewhere along the way, the Lord brought me to Psalms. I began to really spend a lot of time on Psalms. And one day I came upon a very well-known Psalm, Psalm 51. And we all know that this is a Psalm by David. It's a Psalm of penitence. As I read through the Psalms, there's so many has, things in that Psalm had spoken to me, but there's one verse that literally jumped out and like a knife and tried to do a surgery in my heart. And the verse said, Behold, you desired truth in my innermost being. In the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. When I came upon that verse, Behold, God, you desired truth in my innermost being. I, I really didn't know how to deal with it. There's such a conviction, such a powerful presence at that moment, and I had to pray. I said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What is it that you want me to do because of this verse? As I prayed, and it was very clear that there were two things that the Lord wanted me to do. I will share one. And um, right away, uh, incident that happened many, many years ago, many years prior to that, 
I started going hunting with friends, and I didn't have a rifle. So I borrowed a rifle from a brother, Tom, from church. And Tom was once a hunter, and he stopped. He said, hey, no problem, go use it. So I went hunting with that rifle once, and yeah, I like it. I like hunting. I didn't get to really use it that much. So eventually, I bought my own rifle, and I put that rifle in the basement. Ten years later, that rival was still there, sitting there, accusing me. And one day, I was so mad, I thought, let's have a garage sale. And in that garage sale, I sold the rival. <laughs> in that moment, as I came upon that verse, the Lord said, you must deal with that. So I called Tom, and I talked to him. I said, Tom, do you remember Many years ago, I borrowed that rifle from you, and I didn't return it to you. He said, really? <laughs> he totally forgotten. And this is what the Lord had me say to Tom. I said, Tom, I stole from you that rifle. I'm a thief. Please forgive me, and I will pay you back. As I said those words to Tom, my heart began to open up. There was a door that was just being opened. There was light. There was grace. There was mercy came into my life. Innermost being, and oftentimes we know the truth. We talk about the truth. But truth in the innermost being is so hard, so difficult. We are people defined by many, many things. Oftentimes, when people get to know you, they slowly begin to, oh, this is, oh, you're a doctor. Oh, you are engineer. Oh, you drive a Mercedes, <laughs> when I think of one of my friends, I think of him driving a Corvette. <laughs> In certain way, I define him as a man driving a Corvette. You know what? God wants to define you in an utterly, utterly different way. He wants to define you by his truth. Truth in your innermost being. And because of that word of truth, God desires truth in my innermost being. I began a journey almost 20 years ago till today. That word, that truth, continue to define me as a person, as a follower of Jesus Christ. A few years later, my family by the grace of God, it's an amazing journey. It was a very difficult journey. And finally, we moved to China, to Yunnan. Many of you here witnessed and journeyed with us all those years. Every time we came back, we met many of you and spent some time with some of you. And this church has been incredible. Many churches stopped our relationship with them because they said, oh, you're no longer in China but this body continued to journey with us. We are so grateful. 
China is not an easy place. <laughs> uh, my wife, being a German, and we have lived in the States for so many years. So our habits, our lifestyles are different. And even though I grew up with Cantonese, I still had to learn Mandarin, so it was a bit challenge, but it didn't take too long for me to be able to be competent. Life in China, I would describe it as grinding. The traffic was grinding. The doing things was grind on and on and on, and it gets into you. In those long years of living in China, the Lord gave me another verse to help me, to sustain me in a way to define me. Psalm 90, and some of you, as soon as I say Psalm 90, you will have some idea. It's a psalm by Moses. Supposedly, it's the only psalm by Moses. It's a psalm set in the context of Israelites wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, eating the same thing, going in circle over and over again. It's a psalm of depressing, melancholic. It's truly, if you understood the psalm, is terrible. Like many of our lives, it grinds on. At times, seems hopeless, meaningless. But in the midst of this psalm, Moses said one word that shattered my, a lot of the difficulties and helped me to continue the journey of serving and living in China. In Psalm 90, this is the verse. Oh, satisfy me in the morning with your loving kindness so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. What do you use? to satisfy you? What is the first things you use and you bring yourself to the point of satisfaction? Some of you say coffee. <laughs> For me, it's tea. <laughs> but we are people created to be hungry. We are empty inside because this is a space that God created in you and in me, and only through him can we be satisfied. You know, all the problems for all the Israelites in the wilderness of for 40 years, it's the same problems we have. We are people unsatisfied. In our soul, we are so empty. We seek for things that we thought will help us but they don't. That's why Moses said, oh, satisfy us in the morning, early, as early as possible, with your loving kindness, so that throughout the days, we will sing for joy and be glad all our days. It 
It is His loving kindness. It is His mercy that can satisfy us, not just superficially, but utterly, deeply. Living in China for 11 years, so many times, me, perhaps, whole family, should we pack up <laughs> and go home? But yet the Lord continued to sustain us, continue to satisfy us. I'm grateful. Grateful for Psalm 50. Grateful for that beautiful loving verse that satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness so that I, so that you too can sing for joy and be glad all our days. One last verse that defined me, that sustained me, is from Psalm 22. Anybody has any idea what Psalm 22 is? Psalm 22 is a messianic psalm. It's of all the psalms, all the scripture is most descriptive of the suffering of Christ on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from the deliverance of the word of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry to you by day, you do not hear. And by night, I have no words. The whole Psalms from verse 1 to 21 is all about his emotional, physical, psychological suffering. If you want to have a deeper understanding of relating what Christ has suffered on the cross, I encourage you to spend a lot of time on Psalm 22. Meditate, pray. Perhaps by the grace of God, you will have some understanding of that psalm. But all of a sudden, in Psalm 22 came to this amazing verse, and a verse that really, if you understand literature, it just doesn't fit in. It's our place. It shouldn't be there. Verse 22 in Psalm 22 said, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the assembly. I will praise you. This is at the heart, the reason why Christ was willing to suffer, was willing to go through the cross. He wants to tell of his name to his brothers so that one day in the great assembly, he and his follower, his brothers, can worship his father together. I've shared many times about the drug we have worked in Yunnan amongst the drug addicts and alcoholic. From the city where my family lives to the farm, took about 12 hours driving when the traffic is good. And I've driven one day, 17, 18 hours to get to the farm. I would go there once a month and spend about a week there to be with the brothers. It was hard. 
my driving position because it's all stick shift. I, drive, I drove a Great Wall Chinese-made vehicle. And I still, years later, this part of the legs still have a lot of numbing because stepping on the gas <laughs> for so many hours. But every time, every time when I went to the farm, when I spent time with the brothers, when I shared the word of God, when I prayed with them, when I, we have a bonfire at night, when we sing together, when we worship together, there is great joy. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. We left China four and a half years ago to take our daughters to Germany so that they could be in a safe place to finish their high school. The goal was to, for, us to, for them to finish and then they move on to college and we would return to China, continue to serve. But as many of you know, China in the past years changed. The door has been closed. Most of the missionaries have left or got kicked out, and we weren't able to return. I'm grateful for technology. I continue to have a lot of connection, talk with the brothers. When I think about our life journey, when I think about at the end of our journey on earth, we know that there's not much we can take with us, right? Your car, your house, <laughs> your bank account, all those have to be left behind. But God here is offering us a tremendous opportunity, tremendous gift. If you, by the grace of God, to tell of his name to your brothers, to your neighbors, to the people who don't know Jesus. You know what? When you stand in the presence of God, it will not just be you. There will be a crowd. There will be people coming together. There will be that great rejoicing. This is what motivates Christ all his life. He was only motivated by this one singular thing. I will tell your name to my brothers so that in the great assembly, we will worship him together. And that's why in Hebrews, he said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. It's not easy to share. It's not easy to love. It costs, and sometimes costs greatly. But can you imagine one day when we stand in the presence of God, even though we may be saved, but all by yourself, there's no one to celebrate with. There's no one to embrace. I will tell my name, your name to my brothers. In the great assembly, we will praise him. We will worship him. Life 
as you know it, is can easily, easily defined by many, many things other than God, other than His Word. But I hope this message brings a small encouragement to you. Forever His Word is settled in heaven. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations. He established the earth and its stand. They stand according to His ordinances. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. We all go through affliction. We all go through difficult time. But what sustains you? What defines you? I hope sometimes I feel guilty. Sometimes I feel like my life sometimes defined by many other things. I hope someday when I stand before the Lord, He said, oh, you are the photographer. <laughs> you are the guy who plays ping pong. I hope someday, I hope that when I stand before my Lord, my God, wow, you love my word. You love my psalms. You love my people. Maybe let his word be your delight. Let his truth define you. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. You are defined by your relationship with your Father. And you are defined also by your love and compassion with your brothers, with us. Father, I'm grateful, grateful that even though we fail, even though we fall flat, you still continue to journey with us, continue to love us. Help us, help this body to stand up as men of God, men of faith, especially for men here in church and struggle with different issues, that they together will come before you and stand up as men. Thank you for your tender, loving kindness. Thank you for your words. I want to thank you for Psalms. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us at Hauser Community Church Online. Check back next week for the next unpacking of the Word of God. Please feel free to contact us with any questions you might have about the message or for pastor at area code 541 756 2591 or email us at pray at houserchurch.org. Again, that's P-R-A-Y at H-A-U-S-E-R-C-H-U-R-C-H dot